Welcome to episode 47 of the Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. So, you probably hear this sounds a little bit different than normal. Um, we're actually trying or taking our first crack at recording in the same room <laughs> with an interesting setup. Um, so, bear with us if you don't like this too bad. Ideally, um, Fletcher will cut me off less because he'll see me actually initiating talking, but that's probably not going to happen because it's Fletcher. I'll probably just cut you off more because I can hand signal you. <laughs> like, be like, shut up, I don't care what you're it's saying. Like middle finger, GTFO, I got things to say. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not going to tell you, ask how you're doing today because I know. Yeah. Because we're in the same room. Because we, we just hung out and watched the NXT Philadelphia NXT, pay-per-view. Yep, NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. Yeah. Which was... I'd say a success. It was a good time. Sold. That was a good time. I'm really glad we decided to do that. Because we've been talking for a long time. We're like... Because in the past, we had done, like, with other people, because you're not into it, like, MMA cards and stuff like that, and that was always cool and stuff. And you're like, man, I've been watching wrestling, and I got the WWE and everything. We should do a freaking wrestling card. And I'm like, sure. And we got a couple other people to show up and hang out. Yeah. I was actually really disappointed, because, like, I have a slight... Yeah, I understand the appeal of MMA, and I will watch it with mm-hmm. people. And I was kind of hoping that the MMA, you know, loving friends of ours would come, mm-hmm. so I could like try and like you know show them the appeal of the more entertaining aspects of physical combat, as it were, <laughs> well, i.e., fake. And but I was really sad that none of them actually showed up. But you know, yeah. whatever. I, man, it was a it was a good time, anyways. Like, the thing you have to go, you have to go in and appreciate it for what it is. Is the thing like if you like it was it was funny because like the card had um uh, Shayna Baszler who I recognize as an MMA fighter. Like mm-hmm. she she actually fought there and went over to um to do pro wrestling and like watching her do some of the like MMA stuff wrong, mm-hmm. even though I know she knows better is always is is hilarious like to me like I, I get a kick out of watching it and stuff like they're like oh this guy's an mma guy and stuff like that and you can see the influence in the style that they use but like people in mma don't hit people with their forearms yeah like, <laughs> like they very clearly they're playing to their mma background yep. but they're doing it and they're they're doing things just slightly different, so they're not mm-hmm. actually breaking the person's arm. I mean, if you're not looking for it, mm-hmm. you don't you don't notice it really. I mean, you you can kind of tell, but it's like, I mean, me, I'm looking for a lot of like, I sound like I know a lot more about like jujitsu and MMA than I actually do. I know just enough to be dangerous and have done a bit of jujitsu and stuff. But like watching the like grapples and submissions and stuff like that is just was like really funny. Like. She, you know, she was doing an arm bar at one time and stuff. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, she's got her hand the wrong way. It's not actually gonna like work right as an arm bar unless she really reefs on it, which she's not doing because you know, blah blah. blah. Like, she's not I'm actually like, trying to hyperextend it. I'm like, but it still looks cool. Like, yeah. you know, and that's the thing. Like, the whole thing was awesome. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, even I've said before. Like, I know what to look for to know when something is inaccurate or you know fake as it were like i know like the random little cues that people do to show what's going to actually happen but i'm able to suspend that and still enjoy it i mean like yeah we like we were looking at the like watching the stuff and you know it's like it's like you can see oh you know uh one of the fight the um uh alistair black and uh uh adam cole baby oh that (laughs) that fight was awesome by the way um but like, you can see, like, you know, they put the chairs together and stuff, and, and you can see they, they purposely hit on the shoulders and stuff like that. They yeah. tuck, the way they tuck their neck and things like that. But, like, it doesn't stop you from going, oh, shit, man! Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like, everyone in that room jumped when he literally dropped the dude on his back on the point of two chairs connected, right? Yeah, like, like uh... it doesn't matter how good you are at taking bumps and knowing exactly what to do to not get hurt. That's still gotta hurt. Oh man, you're gonna wake up in the morning and be like, "Son of a bitch, I'm so <laughs> glad I'm getting a good paycheck for getting slammed on chairs." <laughs> but like, I, see, to some degree, that's the interesting part of it. Because like before the fight, you you called a bunch of stuff that was gonna happen mm-hmm. in the fight. You're like, you're like, okay, so this is the storyline that's going on. So I think that this thing's gonna happen. This thing's gonna happen. That you know, and then it all did. Yeah. Like, and it was it was kind of awesome when it did. Like, you know, you. You kind of see the whole story unfold and everything. Like you said, it's, it's just like watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you kind of know what's going to happen. Well, I mean, you know what's going to happen. You know, or, or, you know, you know it's not real. 
but it's still cool to watch. Yeah, I thought it was actually really, really interesting for the final main events yeah. when, like, everything's going on, and, like, five, seven minutes before it's over, I'm like... I'm like, I wonder if they're leading up to the guy who every like the challenger losing. Like everything is led up mm -hmm. to him winning, right? Like yeah. they're talking about how much how, how much heart he has, how he just never gives up. His wife even got involved, be, who's also signed wrestler because someone yeah. else was interfering. And like I'm like I'm, I'm like I have, I have like I point out like I feel like he's gonna lose, and and everyone else was like, no, they're leading up to it too much, right? He has to win. And I'm just like. Make, I mean, yeah, you're right. It makes it so. But the thing is, is that I, I completely forgot about the part with the like the whole storyline with his teammate. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think it makes sense when you add that piece into the whole puzzle. Yeah. Because now you set that up. Well, that's the thing. Right? Like, the thing is, they can do the thing with his teammate whether or not he wins or loses. Exactly. He wins. He gets hit in the back. He has a feud. But the thing is, he's already getting over. Yeah. Right. He fought really hard. He got stabbed in the back. Yep. They. That's a whole thing, right? Yep. Andrade Almas having the title allows them to get another person over, and I think it's going to be Aleister Black. Yeah, probably. Because he just kicked Adam Cole's ass, mm -hmm. right? And like he was the NXT com um, male competitor of the year. Yeah. Like Aleister Black's just awesome. Like. <laughs> yeah, that Aleister Black was sweet. Like. You, you're like, oh, man, this guy's, like, my favorite fighter or my favorite wrestler in this whole thing coming into it. And we're like, okay. And then, like, by the end of that match, I'm like, damn, son. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, that was awesome. It like, was so awesome. Like, that spot when, like, he did, like, the whole, like, run at the ropes, bounce off them, and land sitting. And oh. everyone, like, I'm like, I love that spot. And I look over, and everyone's just like... <laughs> it's like this is great. I love this shit. He's awesome. Yeah. The guy's like forty, and he's way more athletic than me, and I'm half his freaking age. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's God. that's sweet as hell, man. Like, I don't. Know. That was really cool. We're gonna have to do that again, though, and I'm sure we'll. We we've talked about some someday we're gonna have a bonus episode where we just go off about wrestling and MMA and shit like that because we've talked about it. Today is not that day. <laughs> today is not that day. We actually are gonna have some real topics here, so. Um, this is going to be kind of just bits and pieces, grab bag stuff, because as I said, we're talking about, uh, we're, we're doing a new setup, we're testing some stuff out, from our tests it should work, but oh we, have a, we, have, we have a Pokemon speedrun video that says just because we think something should work does not mean it should work, where yep. you have no audio. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're just going to hit up a bunch of small topics today, see what happens. So, alright, should we do first thing on the docket? Yeah. Okay, so not yeah. not the weekend we're recording this, but next weekend, PT. Yep. I have no idea where it is, honestly. I haven't paying that much attention. Uh, Bisbao? Brisbao? Spain. It's in Spain. I don't Brisbane? remember how to pronounce No, it's not Brisbane. But it's in Spain. It's like Brisbao, Spain. Fuck. What, uh, whatever. It's, it's in Spain. People okay. are in Spain. All right, it's, it's in Spain. We're dumb. We don't know anywhere else in the world because we're Americans. Yeah. All right, so... <laughs> Um, if you've heard us before, we've usually done kind of post-mortems on this about how awesome I am. Um, but <laughs> we will... <laughs> John, stop playing with shit. <laughs> this, I, this is the thing. You have to see me doing this now. Normally, my fidgeting is like a secret. You don't know it's, what's going on. Yeah, you don't get to see me jerking off under my desk. Um, <laughs> Until I light something on my desk on fire. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, so the way we always do this is we pick three... Um, players, uh, we take after the whole thing's done. We take the their placing, add them up. Person with the lowest score wins. Yeah. So usually I win because I think the Pro Tour PV won. I pick PV. Did, he didn't win. He got second, didn't he? Did yeah, he actually he win? won. I don't remember. He won. Um, Moral of the story. I picked, I picked the one with Shoto, and he got second also. Though. Fletcher's a luck sack. I am. I literally have no idea what's going on. Pretty sure you got you picked Yuya, not Shoto. Oh, no, I picked Yuya. Sorry, yeah. Either um, way, I always get steamrolled, even though I put a lot of thought and stuff into right. this. So since you've lost every single one we've done, you get to pick first. Alright. I am... So here's the thing, right? Yep. Inevitably, one of us always picks the same person first. The other one always picks the same, the other person available. I'm still going to pick Owen. Okay. 
my justification for this is Owen is very just like his mechanics are just there right like he just knows what he's doing he's like, like I think with an actual team testing stuff if they find a way to break something he'll be able to pilot it to a well enough degree if they find out that like a deck that already exists is like the best thing to be doing Owen just has the mechanics to pilot it better than most people, right? Yep. Like, he just yep. makes sense. Totally, totally. I agree, 100%. That would have been my first pick. Yeah. Because I always first pick Owen. Yep. But, all right. I always Good try point. and pick someone else, but it always fails me. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to be really lame and take your usual first pick, which is Shota. All right. You usually take him. <laughs> usually, yes. I don't know how good he is in modern, so it'll be interesting. Here's the thing: Shota can win with a ham sandwich as long as it has <laughs> blue spells in it. Like the thing is, I just don't know how well position control is, and he will only ever play control, except for the last part where he played mono red for some weird ass reason. Maybe this is just me hoping because your blue black control list is just the sweetest thing ever, and maybe he'll have something even better. Although I don't think he can beat the best decks. Uh, I think it can. You just need to draw well, okay, or be amazing. And Shota he's got at least both. half of that. I was going to say, he's got at least half of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. His luck is in question. His skills are unpar unparalleled. Yep. Okay. All right. This next one is coming out of left field. Okay. So for those who are unaware, one of the best decks currently perceived in modern is Blue-Red Storm. Really? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Storm is universally one of those broken mechanics ever printed yep. and the deck is consistent it's resilient and it's powerful and there is only one person in all of magic you can think of when you think of storm are you doing it are i'm you doing taking it? johnny magic himself john finkel <laughs> that was the sound of a high five <laughs> because if anyone can crush a pro tour with uh. storm that is already one of the most complicated formats where john finkel is known to thrive like his favorite deck archetype is one of the best in the format. The format is super complex, and he's known for being very, very good in complex formats. Like, if this, if any Pro Tour is going to be the ringer for John Finkel, it's this one. And you forgot the, just the most outstanding point. It's goddamn John Finkel! <laughs> he's literally the best player Magic has ever seen. Yeah. Like, the man isn't even in his prime anymore. He still gets top eights. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. Like this, this is gonna be one of those times where he just like bombs, and I'm gonna be depressed. But boy, howdy, I think he's the safest bet there is. Dude, totally hundred percent. Like that was on my list. So last time I checked, this person was still playing, right. or just started playing again, I should say. Okay. After deciding to take some oh time off. <laughs> After top eighting two pro tours in a row. Yep. Cashing in his platinum. Yeah. <laughs> One of the only other few players to qualify for the Hall of Fame after qualifying for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, I'm taking LSV. Alright. That's fair. This is a really cheap pick, I'm going to admit it. It's fair, but it's just Fabo, right? Because LSV has the, a lot of the same perks that Finkel does. LSV is one of the best technical magic players out there. Yes. He is very, very good at understanding complex things and mm -hmm. understanding what he needs to do and learning a deck. Also, it's goddamn LSV. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. He's not Johnny Magic. No. But he's pretty damn close. Like, LSV is one of the best magic players in the world. Like, yes. way, way, way up there. I'm not even... He's not John Finkel. I'm not even going to say that. Like, yeah. John Finkel is just John... Finkel, but yeah, like LSV is good. I'm I'm on him. Alright. Number three. Now this one is actually really difficult. I have two pseudo dark horses, and I don't know which one I want to go with. Okay. I I, I have basically no idea what I'm doing for this last pick, so. So I think I'm gonna go with the risky pick. Alright. Assuming that the format is breakable in some way, there's one player who almost universally is at least involved in the team that breaks it. I.e. Amulet. Mm -hmm. When Amulet when Summer Bloom was like the deck that ran the tables, there was two people at the forefront of that. There was Justin Cohen, and then there was Sam Black. Oh man. Sam Black 
loves complexity. He loves broken things. And if there's a way to break the format, he'll be involved in it. And he just knows, like, he just has a mind that's really good with stuff like this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, there is a very, very high chance he's just going to play Lantern Control, mm-hmm. which, sure, whatever. He has the mind to enable him to do that. But if there's something that we've missed, that just the world has missed, I think he is likely to figure it out. So, I've, he's kind of my dark horse. He's either going to do really well or really bad. Who knows? We'll find out. I think if there's any criticism against him, which, as he said, he's gonna, like, if he figures out how to, he will break that format. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to every other pick we've made so far, he's probably the least strongest out of a person piloting the deck, though. Yeah, he's not Hall of Fame caliber. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> that, like, that's literally his only thing. We've picked Hall of Fame caliber people mm-hmm. literally three out of our four, and Seth Manfield is on a Hall of Fame career. He's yeah. going to get in there, yeah. right? You don't have those numbers and not get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Sam Black is missing a few numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, not necessarily the mind, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's just one of those people that, yeah. Okay. So, I'm going to be honest. I have n- absolutely no idea about who to do for my third pick. I have a theory who it's going to be. Who do you think it's going to be? I'm curious. You have, like, a default PvP, uh, PvDDR. I actually <laughs> am purposely not picking him. Okay. <laughs> I actually am purposely not picking him. He was also on my short list of potential candidates, on the off chance you took all of mine. I probably came fairly close, because I don't follow stuff as heavily as you, so I'm kind of bad at this. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm just going to wing it here. And I know he had a strong run and then kind of tapered off. But I just kind of like him, even though I didn't before. And one of my favorite matches ever is him losing. I'm going to take Jerry T. Really? Yes. That's fair. This is this is my out there one. Jerry, Jerry T is one of those people who's just good people. Yeah. Like, he deserves the successes that he gets. Yeah. But, yeah, um... I, and that's a way out there one. But I'm like, I I always take one that's kind of out there for the for the thing. And I'll be honest, I don't know how he is in modern, by comparison. I, I, I feel like he's not as strong there. No, he's very good in lower power forward mats. Yeah. He's... Because, like, he's just one of those people, like, he can just look at a format and understand it. Mm-hmm. Which, it's impossible to do that in Modern. No offense to him, no one can just look at Modern and yeah. get it. And, you know, even if people do understand it, there's so much more time to look at the format and break it down mm-hmm. just because of how it evolves and everything, so. But, I, you know, that's the one, I'm just going to go for that one and kind of see see what happens there. Uh, for, uh, just because, if you were curious, the other people that were on my list for potential choices were Reed Duke, the Grandmaster... I, I totally... I totally whiffed in my brain on Reed Duke. Yeah, just like the grandmaster of Green Black Midrange, right? Yep. Like no one is better than him at Green Black Midrange. And the deck is fifty fifty against everything. Yep, and right? that's kind of almost where you want to be to some yep. degree. Uh most of Yuya Watanabe's success has been in modern, so he was also really high on my list. He was on my list, but I'm I kinda wanted to go out there. Yeah, like he 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 just would have been another really safe pick. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, uh, the other option would have been Corey Baumeister. He was, the, he was my the one I was wish washing between him and Sam Black. Yep. Um, just because like he's extremely consistent, has just hasn't quite had that breakup performance yet, and he specializes in modern. Yep. He's very good at modern. He's is he Brad Nelson's brother? Is that the whole thing with those I two? I have no idea. I think he is. Like they're actually brothers. Oh okay. And, like, one of them's really good at standard, the other one's really good at modern. Yeah. So. So, I, if any of you guys want to play along, you don't necessarily have to do what we're doing and, you know, not pick the same people, but uh, let us know what your picks are and how it scores out compared to us. Because I'm sure after the PT's done, we'll do a quick recap, and hopefully I can keep my title. I'm going to get a belt <laughs> if I win again. 
I'm gonna get a gold belt. You know, buy. I'm gonna uh, carry it around. Buy Universal Championship belt from the yep. WWE site. They're like three hundred and seventy dollars. Oh, you can get cheap ones from like just generic like oh, you sports can, sites, and I'm gonna do that. <laughs> you just watch. You, you can do the what culture version. They have a belt made out of cardboard that they pass around. There we go. <laughs> belt made out of magic cards. I mean, I got I, some bulk. We got some bulk later. I on. got a lot of bulk foils. <laughs> you figure out how to do it. <laughs> I have never had the arts and crafts bent. That's fair. So. I awkwardly have, but there's no way in the hell I'm doing that. Yeah, there's yeah. no way either. But <laughs> also, I don't need my wife to roll her eyes at me anymore than she already does. <laughs> so sweet. All right. So we got that figured out. So just for just a quick recap, so you guys don't have to rewind. John's picks are. Owen oh, Turtenwald, John Finkel, and Sam Black. My picks are Shota Yasaoka, Luis Scott Vargas, and Jerry Thompson. So we're solid. That's I, solid. I think picks. that's pretty good. I, I feel like we have some safer picks than normal this time. Yeah. At Wait. least at least I do. I just realized you didn't actually take Seth Manfield, did you? No, I did not. I'm like, you're like, show to Yasoka. I'm like, yeah, he took Seth Manfield. That's exactly what he did. I even talked about Seth. I'm like, I wait know, a that's second. I'm like, okay. He didn't actually talk about Seth. Yeah, never mind. Four, two Hall of Famers apiece, and then potential Hall of Fame inductees at some point. Not bad. Well, we'll take it. Okay. It's almost like magic's full of good people. Yeah, people are good at magic who play <laughs> at high levels. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, um, our next little bits and pieces kind of related to this. So, next Pro Tour we said is modern. Um, unfortunately, I thought we were never doing these again, <laughs> but apparently we are, so now that I've spoiled my thoughts, what are what are your thoughts on Modern as a Pro Tour format? Alright, so we're going to approach this from Watsi's standpoint first. Alright. All right. Watsi had a choice to make. Do they want views, or do they want to sell packs? Yeah. They are very, very clearly going with the we want views aspect of this, right? Yeah. Because modern draws eyes, modern draws attention. I much as much people as, love modern as much as they shouldn't. Yeah, like <laughs> like people love modern, people love watching modern, and people will watch this more than they will watch standard. That's just a fact of life. I get it. Standard can get boring. It's the goddamn pro tour. I'd watch it anyways. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, right? I mean, I like watching draft. Yeah, even draft decks yeah. being played, and I know you hate that. I enjoy watching the actual draft. The actual draft matches are almost universally boring to me, just because uh. like it's one of those things. Like I very, very much enjoy playing draft. I hate watching people play draft. I see. I would much rather watch somebody play draft than watch them play a constructed format, unless that constructed format is legacy or vintage. I think the problem with that. I think the reason why I feel this way is because they don't follow the same person. Like, if we watch someone draft, like, we watch Owen draft. Yep. We watch Owen play all three of his first matches. Owen goes 0-3, don't care, follow him. Mm -hmm. Like, let me see what that deck does. It then, it gets people invested in watching that person much more than, let's watch this random no-main person who happened to have won this pod, and yada yada yada, right? Like, there's no investment going on if you're not watching the person actually play the deck that you watch them draft. And I, th I think that's purely a coverage thing. I think they could fix that. They're not going to listen to this ever, so they're never going to, you know, take my advice. And even if they did listen to it, why would they take my advice? I'm a random nobody. <laughs> we have a podcast, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, I... So, like, they very clearly going with the views. That runs a lot of risks. Okay, explain, and then I, I will add my two cents in after that. Modern is a terrible competitive format. Modern, all right, you can just cut out a lot of that. Modern is a terrible format. <laughs> so I cut out one word. One word's a lot. Yes. So I don't like modern, but that's just me. Yeah. So modern, modern is a good format for people who enjoy playing modern. Modern is a bad format for people who are playing to win at modern. Yeah. There is a very large divergence of those things. Um, modern is almost universally a disliked format amongst pros because modern is impossible to prepare for. That is a very bad thing when your paycheck 
relies on being prepared for it, right? Yeah. Like, it's the same reason why pros loved Last Standard before the bannings. They could prepare for it, they knew what to look for, and they could leverage their skill set. When you could sit down and get paired up against anything from Affinity to Scapeshift, mm -hmm. you don't know what to do. Like, it makes it so much more difficult for pros, and I'm really intrigued when all is said and done to, like, see what the pros' feedback is for all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a very distinct chance that pros will just be severely disappointed due to the sheer variance that is involved in playing in a modern pro tour. Yeah, I've said before with modern, like, the thing that frustrates me the most about it, and I think this is kind of the similar thing on the pros, is that it feels like game one is, like, just kind of a coin flip. You either have a good matchup or a bad matchup, and you or you win or lose that match. Yep. And you just hope that works out. Matt, games two and three, whoever draws their sideboard card first. Yes. It's, it, the, the format's just so swingy, and you can't prepare for everything, you can't build your deck for it, and, like, that's there's some appeal to that, but that's really frustrating when you're trying to, like, succeed, <laughs> I guess. It's, yeah. It, it, I don't know. I, I, I find it to be a very frustrating format. As I said, it's, like, it's... It... I... That's why I like Legacy, because it's like, hey, let's just go Nanners. Yep. <laughs> or... Or standard, which is let's play fair and balanced magic. Fair and balanced. Magic. I mean, <laughs> more fair and balanced magic. At yeah. Least. The theoretically, sometime in the future, it will be fair and balanced magic where we don't have ten cards banned in standard. Uh, well, see what? our previous episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got what three, two more sets that come out before rotation. Oh. Yeah, we'll see. But so, I think. In a, in a weird way, so you're talking about they're either going for packs or views. Mm -hmm. I think going the views route is actually the correct decision in their in Watsi's mind right now. I agree because it makes sense where because of what they're trying to push. Yes, like they will sell packs. Yeah. Period. Yeah, they they will. Like they might not sell as many, mm -hmm. but here's the thing: the majority of people who buy who like look at the pro tour see what happens and then they decide i want these cards they're not cracking packs to get those cards yep so in a way watsi is still making their money no matter what right because <laughs> like like you're not buying packs to get those cards you're buying those cards from the large distributors yeah, like scg and channel parties, fireball yeah. but just think about scg and channel fireball they get those packs by either cracking the pack, or they get those cards from either cracking the packs themselves or buying them from people who already did. Mm -hmm. Somewhere right? somebody cracked a pack. Somewhere someone cracked a pack, Watsy still gets their stuff. Yeah. Like, and like, so no matter what, they're like, they're, yeah, they're not going to be getting as much stuff, but like, there's still so many other things. Like, the SCG Tour does result in people buying cards. Mm -hmm. Like, there are still Grand Prix that promote people buying into standard. Getting people to watch their coverage. When they have gone very heavily into online advertisements, yep. and the fact that they're trying to push Arena. That's my big key right here. Arena is the reason they want views. Yes. They want to get people on Twitch, they want to get people on Twitch watching Magic, mm -hmm. and when Arena comes, that's what they're going to they're gonna start pushing people watching that. And maybe not necessarily for Pro Tours and stuff, but like they want people watching Magic online. Yes. Because that gets people invested. And if they get people, and if, they, if, if somebody starts watching a PT, they can get into arena for free, and we all know where that leads with Hearthstone. Like, yeah, like, you know, they 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 want some of that digital card game mark money. Yeah, like, they need to get that. They want that Hearthstone money, though. Yeah, which, duh. And here's like here's just some people may disagree with me. Here's just a fact though that I have found out. I've played I've played some Hearthstone. I played some Eternal. I was actually playing some Eternal today. Fun game, but Magic is just a better game than both of those by far. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not even close. Like, I don't think it is anywhere close. And, like, bordering on the edge of, like, breaching NDA or something like here, Arena is awesome. And if they can, if they can actually leverage this and make this work, goddamn, like, they really have something, I think. So... I'm just going to, like, do a little caveat. I don't think you're in any way breaching the NDA because Arena is awesome because Magic is awesome. Exactly. And 
Arena is letting you play Magic. Yeah, just go watch the videos, like, the, the streams they've done of it. Like, it's... Oh, man. Yeah. Like, barring the people who complain about stupid shit, like, yeah. tapping. Yeah. Whatever. Like, screw those people, yeah. right? Like, you're playing Magic. Sure, it doesn't look exactly like Magic, but if you have half a brain, it looks enough like Magic. It's good. The game plays great. Yeah. So... Like yeah, go watch those streams if you haven't seen it. it. Look, it's phenomenal in my opinion. I'm I don't know, I'm very positive about it in most ways, but um, we'll get we'll get off that stuff. But because they are pushing that, I think the views route is the correct way to go. As much as I hate modern for approacher. Yeah, I agree. You're like everything about like push like modern as approacher is just good to get people watching. Like you want they want people watching. Like yeah, they don't personally make money off of modern. It doesn't matter. Like. I don't actually remember if Watsy actually does um, Twitch ads or not, but like just getting their brand on the internet with thousands of eyes watching yep. is making them money. Yeah, it is. It's not tangible, you know, it's not like rolling in off the bankroll, like, oh, look at all this money Twitch is giving us, but they're making money. It's more long term investment to some degree. Yes. And like, Wizards at least is finally. is realizing it more like they've tried to break into that that digital card game market like do the digital versions of magic in the past mm -hmm. the, the problem is is they never really grasped it yeah like, they never really had a good hit on it like magic online is magic like that's the nice thing about it but it feels does not feel good it does no. not feel good to play magic online um and duels of the planeswalkers while cool and fun is not magic hundred percent. No. It's it's a close facsimile to magic. It's it's similar but it's not there. And it's it's nice that they finally hit a point where they're they're getting there. But the way everything is going now is for these online views, is for this streaming, is for all this visibility that they need to get. They realize they need to get into this market if they want to be relevant in the long term. Hmm. I almost wonder how much of this has to do with Chris Cox. Like how much is he like the forefront pushing this stuff? Or is it just one of those correlation doesn't equal causation things, right? I mean, I think they've been having to push, like, there there had to be a lot of inertia beforehand with it. Like, they had to be starting rolling it. Mm. But I think they brought him on literally just for this fact. Like, yeah. that was, like, the primary reason was for for this big push towards the digital environment. Which is, yeah, it's good. Like, I think it's I, good. I approve of this. Like, I want Magic to continue to succeed. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not one of those people who, like, I want Magic to constantly grow and yada, yada, yada. Like, eventually, things can only go so far. Yeah. That's just a fact of life. You cannot keep growing exponentially like Magic did in the past, you know, five years, yeah. right? I will settle for stability, right? Yeah. Like, because Magic is constantly losing people, and we're constantly gaining people. As long as they keep rolling over, that's really good, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's, like, this big belief amongst um, capitalism nowadays where if you don't have constant exponential growth, you are a failure. Mm -hmm. And I think Watsi as a whole, as a company, is large enough to understand that that is not true. They've been around long enough. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously making all the money is, like, the goal of capitalism. Like, and this isn't, like, a affront to capitalism. I get it, right? Mm -hmm. I yeah. have nothing against that. But, like, being a company who understands that you don't need exponential growth to be a success is very important. I th I have faith that Watsi understands that. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where it goes and stuff. Like, I don't know. Uh, as I said, as much as I dislike Modern, this is probably, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to watch it. Like, I enjoy watching Modern more than I enjoy watching Standard, which is, like, it's only because Standard has so few decks. Yeah. And I can only watch the same deck so many times. Like, you know, if I see an Infinity Mirror, I'm probably not going to be watching the Pro Tour, right? I'm going to be watching a random YouTube video until something else comes on. Yeah. That's just how I am. But, like, I'm going to watch it. I watch the Pro Tour no matter what it is. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. which always sucks because now I'm in the middle of nowhere on Friday, so I don't get to see the first part of it. But womp womp. Whatever. <laughs> it happens, but I don't know. So, like, on one hand, I think, like, this modern thing is going to be super good for views and everything. And on the other hand, you kind of touched on this when we were talking beforehand. I think... If anything happens like it did at the last Modern Pro Tour, it could... We, we may never see another one again, and in a weird way, it's like, I'm hoping for it. 
but not really, like, because I always want magic to succeed, but... Yeah, for those... So, yeah, let's, let's jump into this, so take it away, John. <laughs> for those who don't remember, the last modern Pro Tour we had was the Catalyst for Eldrazi Winter. Yep. <laughs> for those who don't remember, we never had a... Like, they canceled modern Pro Tours after that, because Watsi came to a realization... You can't have a modern format without have pros bending it over backwards and snapping its goddamn spine. Yeah, and this is like one of the things where I'm like, God, it'd be really awesome if they had legacy pro tours. But on the other end, I'm like, No, man, I don't want them. No. I don't want them messing with legacy too much. I like, I like it as it is. <laughs> that we have a legacy pro tour and suddenly brainstorm is banned. Oh god, like, I guarantee you, you what stop, would happen. Stop saying evil. <laughs> like. Like, have we ever actually had a modern Pro Tour that didn't lead to a banning eventually? I don't know, They honestly. banned Twin preemptively to keep it from dominating the Pro Tour. And like, then we got the Eldrazi. <laughs> look at Second Breakfast, the eggs deck. Like, uh. that got banned because that thing was an abomination. Like, everything about Jund... They've just, they've been picking pieces like, out of Jund for years. Yeah, like, everything about Jund, everything about Storm. Like, there is a very real chance that if this Pro Tour, like, if Finkel does what I want Finkel to do, something's being banned from Storm again. I mean, it's not unreasonable. It's like, not. And they, they, how many cards have they chipped out of Storm? Like, I mean... Every good yeah, ritual. Every good ritual is gone. <laughs> Probe was in the deck, wasn't it? Uh-huh. They chipped that out. I mean, it's... Uh... And next on the chopping block is probably Manamorphos. Uh, yeah. It just makes sense. Like, and like, yeah. <laughs> no reasonable deck played Gitaxian Probe. No reasonable deck plays Manamorphos. Yeah. Like, as people probably don't want me to say that, because there's a lot of people who are really, really big into like you know, Manamorphos related decks. Manamorphos is not a reasonable magic card. It is a cantrip that is mana neutral. Yep. And it's mana fixing. Uh -huh. The card's sweet. I oh, like, yeah. I love the card. Its design is glorious. It's not a reasonable magic card. Mm -hmm. Fairy decks don't play mana morphos. I don't think yeah. it should be banned. I'm just mm -hmm. going to put that out there. But the Pro Tour can lead to it being banned. I mean, yeah, it's just... When you get when you get people as good as the people we mentioned in our our little PT draft, like, and there's more, more than just them, mm -hmm. like... They just do numbers on formats. Like, they just wreck them. Like, if I was to, like, make, like, a tier list of possible things to be banned, it would be... Like, because a deck did too well. Yeah. It's gonna be... Collected Company. Oh, really? The card's just unbelievable rate. Yeah, I know. It's it's super good. Manamorphose. Yeah. It's possible someone finds a way to break Eldritch Evolution. Because... It's literally birthing pod. Yeah, it is literally kind of birthing pod. Yeah, like obviously a little bit of hyperbole, but I play the card. Yeah, the card is kind of unreasonable. The card's sweet. I love it. I get to play a toolbox deck because I'm a toolbox. But <laughs> beat me to it. <laughs> like it's like, like when you're looking to see things that can or slash are likely to be banned, you have to look at things that kind of like. They do something better than they should, mm -hmm. right? It's like, there's always been that talk of, oh, they should ban Simeon Spirit Guide because it's free mana. It's like, oh, they should ban Mox Opal because it's free mana. Screw that. Like, Mox Opal is only good in one deck. Yep. Affinity. Mm -hmm. Affinity is crushable if you want to beat it. Mm -hmm. The only decks that play Simeon Spirit Guide are all in. Like... All index. You know how you beat those cards? Spell Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even joking. They can't beat a Spell Pierce. It's going to be great. That's it. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> like... Yeah, so awkwardly, it's like the cards that I enjoy playing that probably should be banned if anything's going to get banned. I really hope nothing gets banned because I enjoy playing all those cards I listed, but... Like... So... I'm going to put you on the spot here. Like... Bring it. Percentage of... Like, what is the percentage possibility you think that something gets banned after this Pro Tour? I... I honestly think it's low. Okay. 
Uh, we haven't seen any major shakeups in regards to the modern format lately. The biggest one is the human deck that's kind of had a huge resurgence. Is that actually like good enough? Yes, the deck is very good. The deck probably will be showing up at the Pro Tour. The problem is that there's nothing you can ban out of the deck that only hurts that deck. Like, you, you're never going to ban Thalia's Lieutenant. It's not good enough. No. Like, you're not going to ban Aether Vial because you're castrating a lot of very, very, you know, low tier 2 decks. Yeah. You can't, like, you're not going to ban Champion of the Parish. You're not going to ban Kite Cell Freebooter. The deck, is, the deck is the biggest pile of random jank you've ever seen, right? I mean, but, so, do you remember the last deck that in Modern that was a big pile of random jank that you never seen? The best, the best dra draft deck to do, to, or to play in Modern? The Blue-Red Eldrazi deck? Yeah. <laughs> like, it literally looked like a draft deck. It looked like a really good draft deck. It looked like a really good draft that deck. That cheated on a lot of mana. Yes. That was the main thing. It huh. cheated. Oh, really? Decks cheated, huh? Who thought, <laughs> right? You'll, if, you look at, if you look at everything I said that could possibly banned, you'll notice something about it all. It cheats in some way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, like, I don't expect it. Like, something would have to absolutely dominate the top eight or be a very, very large portion of the field, like... 25% plus for something to actually get banned, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I'm not, and I think modern is too open for that to happen. Like, everything can be beat if you want to beat it. Like, you know, there's nothing that's like, even like the variations of certain decks, like there's different variations of escape ship. There's different versions of humans, even though one is clearly better than the rest. The one with um, Phantasmal Image, mm -hmm. freakishly good. Because when you're playing a bunch of four ofs, and those four of them are like the best cards you can possibly have in a bunch of matchups. Playing an extra four of any of those cards is really good. Yeah. In case you're wondering. I mean, we all know that, that Unexpected Results is going to be a huge breakout, and they're going to have to ban everything out of that deck, basically. LSV is going to play Unexpected Results, because he's the luckiest person in the world, and he's going to just make top eight and crush everyone with it. And I then they're going to ban Unexpected Results. And I'm going to cry tears <laughs> of sadness and joy. <laughs> So I'm gonna ask kind of a weird question. I um, this kind of ties into something else we talked about before here, but so Lantern Control. Yes. You recently played it, yep. but um, question I have is so is anything in that deck not necessarily like game wise oppressive enough? But do you think they would do anything about that deck if it was causing tournament issues, a la top? So here's Here's one thing where I actually have a little bit of respect for people. They've learned to stop being little bitches and accept the fact that their 2% chance of winning isn't worth the next 45 minutes of their life. Fair enough. <laughs> like, Lantern is no longer a flash in the pan, right? Yep. Like, people understand what the Lantern Lock looks like. And... A lot of the people who would always stick with it and, like, make Lantern win are no longer, like, they've 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 just learned not to do that anymore, right? It's much more likely for people to just accept the fact they can't win and concede. Mm -hmm. Because it's not worth their goddamn time, Lantern is here to stay. Yeah. Like, there are aspects of Lantern that are time-consuming, but... I did not go to, to time a single of my four rounds last week, okay. on Friday. Right, like, and that's because the people I was playing against understood when they were dead, or they just killed me. Yeah. Like, I had a guy, I actually, there were two people sitting next to me. One was playing a teamer aggro -y combo deck with, like, Delver and Monastery Swift Spear and Thing in the Ice for some weird reason. And his goal was a teamer battle rage kill you. Yeah. He was playing against Affinity. Okay. My game against Grixis Death Shadow was over before their game one. Oh shit. We go to game we start our game two while they're still shuffling, right? Huh. Like that's because my opponent understood that he was not getting out of the lock. He knows his deck list. He has a single Colagon's command. I have two bridges in play. Yep. He can't deal with both of them. He's dead. Yep. Right? He knows this. And people People 
realizing that being stubborn is no longer a viable option shows like both personal and community growth to where lantern is no longer this big oppressive thing right like it's just like slightly annoying because you yeah. don't like playing against the deck and it feels bad and that and like part of that reason is because the deck's gotten a lot more consistent it has a lot more toolboxy aspects to it because it now plays four of war of invention Okay. Which is literally the reason why I wanted to play the deck, because I love anything that lets me tutor things out of my, my deck, or sideboard, or anything. I love tutors. Tutors are great. <laughs> Who'd have thought a spike loves tutor effects? But, like, it's a lot more consistent. You can get the lock going faster, and you can just kind of brick wall people. Okay. Right? And people have learned that it's just not worth their time. Like, it doesn't matter if they have one out, right? Like, the fact that I can... You know, I can have a bridge in play, I can have a welding jar in play, and I can have three millstone effects in play. People just realize that's not going to matter, right? Like, yeah. they need to get so unbelievably lucky to have four things that are worth me milling on top of their library and still have two answers for my bridge. They just know it's not going to happen, right? Yeah. Like, that's just how things go. People have gotten so much better about that. Like, I don't think Lantern is a problem anymore even though Lantern can still take a while to win, right? Okay. Like, it's actual... It takes a while for it to legitimately kill the opponent. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take a, as long for the person to just accept the fact that it's not worth the next 40 minutes of their life. Yeah. Go buy a burger, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, Finish your rounds, go, go get some food, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, completely veering somewhere else with this thing, how does commentary handle this? Uh, handle what? Lantern control. Like, like at the Pro Tour, when they're doing commentary on this deck, because this is not something particularly easy to explain to people. Mm -hmm. And it's not particularly exciting to explain to people. No, the deck is more boring to watch than paint dry. Yeah. Like, and, and that's what I'm wondering. It's like, how do, how do they deal with this? from a coverage aspect. Don't put it on camera? Fair enough, okay. Like, I'm, just, I'm just musing more than anything. Yeah, I, I completely get where you're coming from. Like, the thing is, BBD is one of the champions of Lantern lately. Mm -hmm. BBD still gets put on camera. Yeah. BBD plays at a reasonable pace. Are we going to get back into our reasonable pace thing? Yes. The reason why Lantern is terrible to watch on coverage, besides A, Nothing exciting is happening. No. Like, combat is exciting. Yep. Burn spells are exciting. Murdering shit is exciting. None of that happens in Lantern. Milling a single card is not Milling exciting. Milling one card at a time, not exciting. Milling, like, at all. like, 30 cards at a time is, but... Yeah, your opponent cracks fetch and you go triple archive trap. That's hilarious, right? Everyone thinks that's the best thing in the world. Yeah. Going, shred you? Not so much. No. No. This is not worth it, right? It's like, but BBD still plays at a reasonable enough pace that, like, you can still get that, you know, like, the game, his games can still finish at in a reasonable amount of time, so you can still watch them. Plus, the whole growth of the community is another big part of this, because, like, suddenly you're not, you're not watching the match trying to watch this person mill their opponent out one card at a time. You're watching the match to see, like, see how BBD works through the lines of getting into the lock where his opponent has no outs, and then his opponent just concedes on principle, Fair right? Enough. Like, so, like, it actually does, it's a lot more interesting if you play it that way. Like, play it towards the BBD is playing towards these outs. Like, don't try and, you need to approach it from the other side. Instead of BBD being the heel, where you're trying to figure out how his, you know, the babyface opponent's trying to beat him. You're, you you play BBD up as being the babyface, right? Where he's trying to get into a lock where his heel opponent doesn't have any more ways of beating him, right? Like, he's slowly, like, you know, he's taking out, like, everything. All, like, the guys interfering and all that, like, yeah. cheating stuff and all that things. Like, you need to make it exciting by making... BBD the focus. Okay. If that makes any sense. Like, it's really hard to imagine, 
Lantern Control as being the good guy. Yeah. But if you have a good enough caster, they can sell that. Mm-hmm. And then you just need to hope that the opponent of Lantern Control understands when they're just dead. Yeah, hopefully that's the case too. But The problem is the Pro Tour doesn't really lead to that, because a lot of people don't want to just accept they're dead when they're playing for $40,000. Yeah, fair enough. But I was just wondering. I figured yeah. I'd ask the question, so... I think we're. I think we've done pretty good for today. Not too. Not too bad. I got so. to. I got to make a wrestling reference in my magic. That was fun. That was pretty sweet. But it makes sense, though, right? Like, you uh, know where I'm coming from. I'll give it to you. All yeah, right. I'm gonna give it to you. So, all right. Anything else you want to cover before? No, I think. I'm really. I have high hopes for this pro tour. Uh huh. Like, I want to see like, at least six decks in the top eight. It's possible. Uh, worst case scenario, we have the second coming of Eldrazi Winter. Not all, not all necessarily with decks in the top not, eight. well, not necessarily Eldrazi, but you know, like we yeah. have the second coming of. Well, guys, we figured out that uh, if you build humans with exactly this combination of things, it's broken. Or like, randomly, Merfolk dominates for some dumb reason. Which would be hilarious. It's not going to happen, but it could. It's going to be LSV running the table with. Unexpected results. Slamming Emrakul's on turn two. On turn two. Yep. Boom. Every time. Like all, all day or day. <laughs> all right. That'd be kind of glorious, actually. I'd love it. But okay, so if you want to shoot us some feedback, you could uh, send us an email to thelocalmeta at gmail.com. If you want to catch us on Twitter, at thelocalmetapc. So, John, we can close it up. See how our first in the same room podcast goes sitting with towels covering everything and <laughs> blankets over the doors and stuff like that we are a high class production up in here gotta figure this stuff out but all right so cool then i guess we will see you next time see you